Greetings, programs, and welcome to the Awesome Friday podcast for uh, September the 17th, 2023. Uh, my name is Matthew, and I'm your host. And today, uh, as is normal, uh, I was trying to think of a trying to think of so many ways to say that like it's a normal thing, uh, and I've run out. Yeah. But anyway, Simon here. Say hi to Simon. And Hello, everyone. Uh, and um, yeah, how are you doing? Just uh, let's do a brief recap of the of your uh, mental state. A recap of my mental state. Well, I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> Fourteen years ago, uh, no, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm, it's Sunday morning. It's my favorite time of the year. So it is neither hot nor cold. It is neither wet nor dry. It is neither still <laughs> nor windy. We, the oscillation of the seasons finds its apex and just for a few days sits in 20 degree sunshine, wind, no rain. This is when, this is one of the two times of the year where I don't moan about the weather. And it is so obviously the best time of the year in Vancouver. I'm kind of offended that people like summer. This is the, the best time. The trees are turning, the, the leaves are starting to autumn to the ground. And, so... So what you're uh, saying is you enjoy the autumn. Um, I'm going to become autumn man. I'm going to get my chunky sweater on but you're, and wrap you're, a, a, a jaunty scarf and go get a coffee and walk through the park and think about yes. it. Your, 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 your disposition is toward the autumnal would be the more poetic way to say <laughs> yes, it. Yes, towards the fallen. Um, <laughs> I, just, I just hate being too hot and too cold and too wet. So this is just like it, and very soon it too will be too hot, too cold, too Title of your sex tape. Um. <laughs> <laughs> if only you knew. Um, and uh, you know it's fine. So I like it. I love going out this time of year. Like spring. Yeah, I would. And- I would actually agree because, like, I know for those. This is about. To, it's the most regional episode of the podcast ever. But Vancouver in like September and into early October strikes that perfect balance of still being like. 22 to 25 degrees celsius wow. outside it's but amazing. with cover and a breeze yeah. um right. and it's kind of great it's kind of like and, the and, perfect temperature and the sun, and I, so i agree as before the clocks change it gives stupid dark evenings which wreck everything and i don't know why we're still fucking doing it um but uh yeah we've got a couple of weeks before that changes in november so enjoy yeah, having sure light that- after work there was a reason for daylight savings time, but we're not yeah, an agrarian farmers. society anymore. So yeah, That's we should right. definitely. We're literally not farming agriculture people. So stop it, stupid. Although Canada's we do, already have, we do, we do have a lot of farmers, but we don't need daylight yeah, but savings they don't, time anymore. They don't, they don't work in the sunlit hours anymore. We have electricity. Ah, <laughs> oh, we got hydroponics and all kinds of things. They can do it. They can deal with it. That's true. Um, the stupid thing is the BC have already, like years ago, voted to stop doing it. And then they said, oh, no, we're just going to wait for the West Coast of America to stop doing it, too, so we don't, like, go out of sync. Like, well, good fucking luck. Like, we were never going to do it if we wait for them. Anyway. Uh, yeah, I mean, yes. All of anyway, this is, so all of this is very <laughs> true. It doesn't take much for me to go from I'm feeling fine to fuck everything, but yeah. uh, that that is uh, the nature. But on the show. upside, it is it is autumn in Vancouver, which we don't oh, have lovely. quite the like tree color change that they do back in say Ontario. But like, it is nice. It's lovely. It is lovely here this time of year. Really, really nice, and uh, it's good. 
Yeah, there's like six right. weeks of every year and where then, I get outdoorsy yeah. behavior, and it's like there's like exactly. three weeks in mid spring and three weeks in autumn that are the the, the it's, time. It's good to get the happiest place in. So when the rain starts in November and continues till March, then you could survive that like deluge. But that's why we're so green, I guess, because of the six months of shitty weather. Yeah, okay. it's true. Um. Yeah, I mean, for so, my for my part, my my pers- my right now is I don't know if you've seen the movie. Have you seen the movie Mandy at all? <laughs> no, I haven't oh. seen Mandy. You okay. told me not to, didn't you? Tell I, me not to? I don't know that you would vibe with it, to be perfectly honest. But mm. if you're gonna imagine my mental state, my mental emotional state at any particular moment, and for the past like wow. two weeks, it's just there's a scene in that movie where uh, Nicolas Cage is wearing. Uh, a t-shirt and underwear and socks and he's covered in blood and he's in a bathroom and he's just wailing for like a solid minute and that's how i feel that's not good man do you need a hug like what's what's gonna make this better now i made homemade uh uh, pork al pastor tacos from a pork shoulder i made my own asciotti and i slow baked it for an hour and a half and we had it as tacos i feel like you need to come over and eat that because that's I mean, I, I do, but also I just need to escape this late stage capitalist hellscape that we currently live in. And, oh, yeah, uh, you know, that's uh, just a there's just a low level of, of shit happening in the background all the time. But anyway, mm. um, I'm fine. We're all fine here. Everything's fine. How are you? Yeah. How are you? It's a boring uh, conversation talk- anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Have company. Sorry, if yeah. we're gonna do that scene, we're gonna do all of that scene. <laughs> well, let's let's move on anyway. We we have a, a bit of a time limit today, but before we yes. do move on to talking about two movies, let's just get a couple things out of the way. First of all, uh, and I do always feel a little bit tacky putting these two things together. But first of all, if you're listening to this uh, and you like what you hear and you listen to the show, um, you can support us directly in a number of ways. One of which is go give us a five-star review on your podcasting platform of choice or hit the subscribe button. Also great. Tell your friends. Uh, and we do also have a Patreon, which is patreon.com slash MC Simpson. And for as little as two bucks Canadian a month, you do get a bonus episode every week as well. This week's was almost 40 minutes of us talking about the strike poetry and recasting mm-hmm. movies with better, with better or different actors. Um, a good one. Super interesting conversation, and if you like that kind of like rambling movie talk, then it's all that's what that show is. Um, also, more importantly, uh, and this is the part that makes me feel a little bit tacky, having put the money stuff first. But um, the show is being produced during the ongoing Writers Guild of America and SAG AFTRA strikes, and none of the stuff we are talking about would at all be possible without writers and performers and the love and labor they put into making the films that we love and. Uh, we support them 100%, and uh, we hope that the studios come back to the table and negotiate in good faith soon. It does seem like there's, the studios are starting to realize that having the tech companies be their hardline holdouts is maybe a mistake, um, and we can only hope that uh, that gets resolved soon because it does seem like you know there's a couple of studios, Netflix in particular, who have a vested interest in not signing a deal uh, because mm-hmm. it would probably expose that their business model is a lie um Uh is my understanding but warner brothers announced today that they've lost like 500 million dollars uh in revenue because of the strike uh and to put that in perspective if they a one-tenth of that would more than cover all of the demands of both unions so there you go 
I don't I don't see yes. what I don't see why the math isn't mathing. Uh, and even if it was only one studio, that would still mean that like one fifth of that would cover both, right? Like it's just, like it's pretty simple math. You can you can spend a hundred million or you can lose five hundred. Doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me? But anyway, uh, studios come back to the table, get back to making movies, get back to giving a shit about the art that you produce, and uh, yes. that would be great. Ideally. Anyway, let's move on to talk about some movies. Um, yeah. It's interesting. We had probably the longest bonus episode we've had forever and the shortest intro to the main episode we've had ever. So let's do this thing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this week is going to be a summer catch-up movie. We're going to talk about um, a comedy and a horror film from this summer that are now available on demand. I believe they're both available on demand. And we are going to start with the Jennifer Lawrence starring comedy No Hard Feelings. Um, and Simon, why don't you give us the lowdown on No Hard Feelings? Because uh, you watched it just, I think, yesterday, and I watched it like oh, two weeks ago. I, so. I, I finished I finished it about 10 minutes before we started recording, actually. So, um, yeah. uh, No Hard Feelings, uh, there's a guy, uh, Percy, who is the son of uh, these two rich parents who have moved to, I don't think it's named where it is, but it's a, a seaside area of America that used to be this... A nice local area now it's being overtaken by rich white families uh much to the chagrin uh yes chagrin. This what? the place is called montauk and it is made oh, you know it's uh it it's like oh, it's, it's a real place it's a resort town it's actually um it's clearly, it's clearly made it's actually plays a if you've seen um eternal sunshine it's the place where like i have not you, you haven't seen eternal sun okay that no, movie should I, be at the top of your list there's only so many times i've had my heart broken <clears throat> so i haven't watched it yet I, I should. Uh, you you so, should, but it's a real place, is the point. Um, so it's a beautiful seaside, so it's seaside in Maine. Very nice. All the rich white families have moved in and driven all the house prices up and all the, the housing tax prices up as well, much to the chagrin of Jennifer Lawrence's character, Maddie, who has lived there forever. She's a local. She hates the fact that all these rich people are moving in. And she's a bit of a dumpster fire. She's, she, uh, she's got a big mouth and she uses it. And she's very promiscuous and doesn't make any sort of connections at all with anyone. And uh, has pretty low standards for herself and others as well. And when the opportunity um, comes up to replace her car, she's an Uber driver and she she uses that uh, job to pay off the increasing taxes on the home she owns, which was her mom's home. And the car, for whatever reason, gets removed. So she needs a new car and she's... She's an advert for these uh, uh, that these parents have placed to get their son, who has got social anxiety, some kind of girlfriend connection before he goes off to university, uh, but as a secret. So, and the moment you see the setup of this movie, you know exactly how the rest of this movie is going to go. So, if you're thinking, "Oh, this is probably going to happen," then then you're right because you've seen this before. Um, and sh- they offer her this car if she can basically have sex with him before he goes to, as his quote-unquote girlfriend, before he goes off to university to kind of break him in. Um, and uh, so she accepts because she needs the car. And so the rest of the movie is, of course, uh, her trying to um, uh, make this very awkward uh, teenager uh, have sex with her and through the interactions that she has with him and he has with her they learn stuff about themselves and each other and of course their relationship changes and of course 
the truth, if it comes out, would definitely disrupt things. And uh, you've seen this film before. And I don't know why I didn't like this movie, because there's so much to like about this movie. I think Jennifer Lawrence is a genuine movie star. Um, I think she's great, and she's definitely in her I'm going to do what the fuck I want era. And um, there's some great lines in this movie, some re- especially the first half. There's some really, really good quick lines. I think Andrew Barth Feldman as, as Percy the Boy is really good as well. Um, and I think some parts of this movie are extremely sweet and very, like, obviously without going into details, it really echoes many of the things I, I've been through as well in my life. And um, some really lovely, sweet moments and, and their connection is lovely. They have a really good chemistry together. And I just, I don't know why, I, when the movie finished, I was like, well, I, unfortunately, so did you, I, did I, you, your, your, your mileage may vary with this, but you know how I'm kind of stickler for how things are made as well. And <clears> many <throat> of the, t- many of the parts of this movie were just not directed or edited well. And some of the musical cues were really kind of annoyingly, um, like some of the visual things that they use were really not even trying to be subtle the the the, the use of a finger trap at one point maybe go oh geez of course i i understand what it symbolizes you don't have to hammer at home and uh i thought i uh, think this film needed a, this film needed a better director i think so i don't disagree with anything you're saying but i thought it was fine okay. i thought that it was sweet um, I thought it was just sweet enough. If anything, if I have a complaint about it, is that the advertising and a lot of the people talking about it made this seem like it was going to be a lot raunchier than it actually is. Yes. Um, yeah. And maybe that's it. Maybe that's... Uh, but like ultimately, I think the biggest problem, if there is one, is that you're right. I've definitely seen... I've definitely seen the stunted, immature adult grows up via relationship with an overly mature child... I have seen that movie roughly a bazillion times, so it does take something to make it an excellent one of those. But that being said, I think this is a perfectly serviceable one of those. Like, I don't think it's a great film, but I don't think it's a bad film. Uh, I think it's got enough funny stuff and enough... Uh, I think, the, are you right, the chemistry between uh, Lawrence and Andrew Barth Feldman is phenomenal. I think that the um, group dynamic with Lawrence and um, Natalie Morales and uh, I can't I can't remember the name of the guy off the top of my head um, but the guy who plays Natalie, Natalie Morales's husband I thought their whole group dynamic felt really lived Scott in MacArthur. yeah, yeah. Um, I thought their dynamic was great it felt really authentic and really lived in and I think that the parts of this movie that are really raunchy and in particular a scene where a naked Jennifer Lawrence beats the ever-loving shit out of a bunch of teenagers on a beach are great. Mm-hmm. There's just kind of not enough of them. Like all the stuff that's the trailer makes it seem like the whole movie is that. A um, sex comedy, yeah, totally. Like, and it it is a sex comedy, but there's not there's not enough yeah. raunchy stuff in it to make it yeah. a raunchy sex comedy, right? Like, mm-hmm. it's uh, like the stuff you've seen in the trailer is basically all the stuff in the movie. Like, it's so. I guess I was it's sort of a letdown via expectation. I guess. Um, but like I say, like Jennifer Lawrence is so good that it can't help but be, for me at least, 
Like I've seen this movie before, but it's a, just a little bit better than just being another one of those movies. Like I've seen a thousand of these movies and a lot of them are bad. And this one is fine. Few of them are great. This one is fine. Um, there's definitely like, you could do worse. Like this is the kind of movie that too, I think that like when I eventually rewatch it, cause I'm, I'm certain that I will rewatch it. Um, I will probably get just as much out of it. Like the parts that are great are great. And and the parts that are fine are fine. And there's, it's one of those things where like the definition of a good movie is like three good scenes and no bad ones. And I feel like this just meets <laughs> that. You know what I mean? Like, it, it's not a great movie, but it's not a bad movie. It's totally fine. And I I very much appreciate that Jennifer Lawrence is in this in a phase where she's like, I want to do stuff. I want to do like she very and she very much apparently did the the scene where she beats people up on the beach naked she did herself naked as a way to like reclaim her autonomy from the internet which i adore um and uh i i, I don't know i liked it what can i say it's fine it's totally fine that's that's it's kind of a, it's kind of annoying because I don't really have that much more to say. It's a fine movie. I, I look I, forward I, to Andrew Barth Feldman being a very specific kind of huge star. That's yes. That's it. You know. I think so. The, I I think I'm a little frustrated because I think it had the potential to be much much better just from being better directed and edited and the the, the stock musical cues I hated. But this is very specific to me. These are the things that really bug me. There is a lot in this movie you're right, that elevates it from this movie that you've seen many times before. And it's the, the, um, the script in particular has some great single lines and I mean, together with the performances, it's that's, that's what elevates it. There's a number of really great scenes too. Like you've definitely, if you're on social media, you've definitely seen or yeah. seen someone lip syncing the scene where she explains to this kid's parents, like they're looking to like hire someone in their twenties to date their son and she's trying, and she's explaining to them that she's a little bit older than that. That scene is fantastic, and it's really elevated not just by Lawrence, but by the parents being uh, Matthew Broderick and um, uh, is it Laura Bernatti? Yeah, and the parents. Yeah. Um, and just like like that whole scene is great, <laughs> uh, and just the way that she that Lawrence is able to like confidently deliver this like this information is is so on point with that kind of person you know like the person yeah. who's like yeah uh you know i'm 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 in my 20s except i'm a little bit i'm a little bit older i'm a little bit older yeah, I'm, yeah i was i was i was 29 last year no no the year before you know it's just <laughs> it takes a specific like kind of confidence to be able to deliver that kind of exchange well and i feel like she does it really well yeah, um, it's a great scene in a bar with an ex of hers as well. Because her one of her recurring themes is that she leaves lots of men. She just ghosts people. She has, she does what she needs to to distract herself from her own trauma, and then uh, ghosts them. And so a couple of them kind of confront her to try and work out why. And there's one in the bar where she just has the the perfect comeback. The kind of comebacks you desperately want in a social situation she's just very confidently able to deliver these very funny lines very quickly and i think she as an actor that's one of her special weapons that makes her so distinct is that she can do crisp and sort kind of dry and sarcastic and she can do sexy and she's unbelievably just beautiful in this film she looks mm -hmm. so good in this movie 
she's looked better than she's ever looked and she is so confident with her own sexuality as well which makes her even more sexy but she also and, and she's made a career out of showing vulnerability i i really love i don't like the first two hunger game movies but i love the last two because she really shows a lot of vulnerability and i think she's got an excellent talent for that and of course in the second half of this movie as their relationship changes and she uh, she she comes out of her facade a bit more. She goes through some quite clear sort of character changes, and I think she does a really great job. She's a a great actor, and I really hope this is her kind of back doing lots of things now. I would like to see her do lots of things because mm-hmm. um, she's incredibly watchable. And yeah, there's loads about this film to like. It's just I don't know. It could have been so much better. It could have been much, much, much better. Even with the the kind of story that we've seen before, it, I just really annoyed at um, some, especially some of the upbeat scenes were uh, just didn't land for me. But this the soft scenes, like there's one really lovely scene where it's not really a spoiler, but they they they're about to have sex, but they they don't, and then she ends up kind of just like looking after him a bit and just chatting to him on a couch. You probably know the scene. I mean, mm-hmm. yeah, and, and it's. It's one of my favorite scenes of the movie. And again, hats off to the casting director for this film because they found they needed, obviously Jennifer Lawrence was the money behind this movie, but they needed that person to be a, a opposite her. And they, I think they really found the right person for it. And it's mm-hmm. just lovely. When they have these quieter moments where they open up to each other, absolutely lovely. And I wish the film had a bit more of that as well. But yeah. yeah I sort of get what you're saying. Of, like, I don't, I don't disagree. I just I land on it's totally fine. Yeah. I think coming probably coming, the same school. Coming back to like the the exes, I think. I mean, obviously, the one we see the most is Eben Moss Bachrach. Bachrach. Anyway, he. Uh, I I really like him. I've liked him ever since the first thing I saw him in, which was Girls. He he's so good at playing a like kind of a melancholy, but weirdly upbeat mess of a human, and mm. I think. His exchanges with Lawrence in this about their past relationship are among the best in the film as well. And like, again, like, I think what it really boils down to is that like the there's a few good lines in the script, but it's not like a, a very original film. Like, if you've definitely seen it before, but because of the people who are in it, it's good. You know, like it's it's like if you if this had any other people in it, it just wouldn't. It's it's what I'm trying to say. If this didn't have exactly the right people in the roles, it wouldn't be good. Mm-hmm. But they are, yes. so so it is. They elevate it's exactly what we're talking about in our bonus round. They really elevate the material, yeah, uh, and to, to raise it above this quite standard story and the way it's told as well is very very standard. So they really do elevate it. Yeah. So what are you gonna? I'm for me. This is a three star movie. It's totally yeah. fine, and uh, I don't have a problem saying that everyone should like. If you want a fun. A fun like summer and like ninety minute distraction like this is a place to go like you'll be fine. Yeah, I think I'm a three two. I'm definitely going to watch this again with my wife and I. I'm I'm between the two and the three, but there's enough here that I really really liked actually. I think a, a solid three, it's fine, and I think that's going to be solidified when I watch it again. I think my wife's going to love it. It feels like her kind of thing. So. And you know, honestly, I think about I think about this a lot. I think, I think me me personally. Just the idea that you know you're going to watch it again means it just can't be a two. Like, yeah. why would you rewatch a two? Right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, 
And if it was a two, but you knew your wife would like it, you would be like, you know what? It's a two, but I recommend it to my wife, but I'm not going to watch yeah, it again, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. but you're going to watch it again. So three, it is. It's, and again, yeah. it's totally I, fine. It's I feel, exactly I feel confident giving it a three. <clears throat> it's also, you know, I think it's, um, it's also exactly the kind of movie. It's a great example of the kind of movie where whenever some asshole in your life says they don't make movies for adults anymore, just be like, they made no hard feelings last month mm-hmm. and you just didn't watch it. <laughs> so just go watch it. You know, how did it do? Did it do good numbers? Was it okay? Uh, you know, honestly, I don't don't know the answer to that question off the top of my head. But I think it it definitely like the answer to that will depend on whether we get more of these. I mean, it definitely made its budget back. I think it did like ninety million versus a forty-five million dollar budget. So like it's so it didn't it didn't like do gangbusters, but it also was released like in August during the tail end of a pandemic and it was up mm-hmm. against, it was up against something else as well. That was going to be huge. Um, uh, what was it? I can't remember, but it was definitely like, there was other stuff coming out at the same time that were going to be bigger deals. And like, mm-hmm. since the pandemic, like the, what comes out each week, you can tell, okay, like any given weekend, you'd be like, right, this is the one that's going to make all the money. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. When there's some like big tentpole blockbuster, and then you know an adult, semi raunchy summer comedy comes out, like one of those is going to make a lot more money than the other, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is the kind of thing that'll probably have legs on streaming and home video release because it's it's fun. It's a perfectly cromulent watch. <laughs> wow, you yeah. were, you you dug out cromulent for this movie. That's the three stars. Yeah. Cromulent is a, um, the greatest word the Simpsons ever invented. <laughs> Good. Should we talk about our second movie? Then? Should we dive in? Yeah, let's move on. So this is okay, another. Tell us about this. So it's a it's a summer catch up for those of us here in North America, but I believe it's technically a 2022 movie. I think it came out um, last Halloween oh, really? in Australia. Which, oh. to be perfectly honest, is much better timing than August. Yeah. Because, <laughs> uh, so. like, this came out in... Uh, I guess it came out in... It came out in July worldwide. But it had, like, its festival and limited run stuff last October. Um, and this is the Australian horror film Talk to Me. Um, this is a... I mean, yeah, it's a horror film. Basically, the, the main character is a young woman whose mother has passed away. She's estranged from her father, at least a little bit. She basically lives with her best friend and her best friend's mother. Um, the main character is played by Sophie Wilde. And the best Miranda Otto is the best friend's mom. And Alexander Jensen is the best friend. And the short version of this is that they go to a party one day. Um, and there's a, a person there who has this ceramic hand and supposedly the hand, the ceramics surround the real hand of a dead medium. And if you take the hand and say, talk to me, you will see a dead person. And if you say, I let you in, they will inhabit your body. Uh, and it's made very clear, very early that you can't do that for more than 90 seconds. Um, otherwise like things would go wrong. Um, and I don't really want to spoil too much more of it. I think a lot of people, I do know a lot of people already who love this film. And I think a lot of people who haven't seen it will probably love this film, but obviously the first time 
that the main character does it, she goes for like 95 seconds um, and is very specifically called out. Um, and so the rest of the movie, things go wrong. Uh, and there's another character who like gets stuck with it for like two or two and a half minutes or something. And that character gets totally fucked up. Um, but ultimately this is a very good horror movie. Um, I think I, I know you liked it more than I did, but like, it's a really interesting concept. The first half in particular, the, the characters end up treating this like possession thing. They do, they treat it like a high that they're chasing. Like they literally have a party where they're basically like passing it around, getting high, by being possessed by ghosts. And some of the ideas there and the performances around that are just exquisite. Um, and then it's also really creepy in places where it needs to be. Um, I, unfortunately, didn't love it. Um, I didn't dislike it, but I think I was maybe let down by expectations because some people who I... I really like the marketing, but more importantly, some people who I very much usually are sort of on the same page with in terms of horror content horror films in particular um, loved this movie like five out of five loved this movie. And it, I, it just, for me, there's a moment in the first act where a thing happens and I'm like, Oh, I now know how the rest of the film is going to progress. And that happens a lot. I watch a lot of movies. I'm sure it happens to you too, Simon. But when that happens, the movie also then to be, for me to be good for me to like, really be like, Oh, that was a great film. Um, the film also needs to surprise me at least once or twice. And there just aren't for me very specifically past that certain point. There are just no surprises. Like the, everything else becomes insanely telegraphed and it's all really well executed. It's not, again, it's not bad. I just didn't, I hate, I hate tra- sounding so negative, but like, I liked it. I did not love it. If that makes sense. Yeah. There's a couple of things here that I think are worth pointing out. I studied, filmmaker as part of filmmaking rather as part of my major and i had a terrible time the years after my university watch i i couldn't watch movies without trying to predict everything over analyzing everything and i couldn't enjoy anything because i was uh always trying to work out what was going to happen and uh technically if i would have done it differently and i found that i wasn't enjoying anything so i found that i was able to kind of actively disengage that part of my brain and ever since i've done that because this is i've noticed you you often my wife does too you often pick up on things that reveal the rest of the story more than i do because i'm pretty aware that i close that part of my brain down now and i have to say it's for me it's made me enjoy movies again just closing down the analysis engine and um so i think that's one of the reasons why i love this film and also another thing you know about me is that it's not even if i can work out what's going to happen uh how the story is told is way more important to me than the end game of that film or, or the, mm. the the uh the, the sto- where the story is going i don't really care if i've if i know exactly where the story is going which kind of leads us back to my issue I had with No Hard Feelings. Like, if it's told well, if it's told creatively, then I'm going to enjoy it. And I think those two things combined made me love this film. I loved this film. This is exactly my kind of horror movie because it was unbelievably intense. That last act, as I said to you, 
uh, this is I couldn't have watched it in the cinema because I was watching it in ten minute bursts because it was so intense and um, it was just the right style of creepy. I thought the cast were fantastic. In particular, I thought Sophie Wilde was exceptional, and also Joe Bird um, gave mm-hmm. this incredibly complex performance that was very, uh, without spoiling anything, many different sides of many different coins and. Uh, the film is brutal, actually. When it, when it, uh, when it wants some brutality, it gets to it very, very quickly. You'll see what I mean when you watch the opening scene. You'll understand by what I mean by this. It, it goes very quickly into brutality, and so it it can catch you off guard. And um, I I knew I loved this movie when it ended, and I felt like the ending landed really, really well. And I I hadn't thought about it really so i just enjoyed the ending coming together and of course it was pretty there were there were lots of foreshadowing you could see where it was going if you really thought about it so i get what you're saying but well it's I sort of loved, just, i thought it was uh, i was gonna say just as a counterpoint the problem here isn't that it isn't that i thought about it, is that i didn't have to right yeah, like well, I, I, I don't i don't need to turn off my brain to enjoy something and, and i and i sort of no, I, do. I sort of fundamentally disagree with the like turn off your brain to enjoy stuff like honestly like if i have to turn on my brain like maybe that's a that's a problem no like, I no i don't I, I think you're misinterpreting what i'm saying i'm, I'm talking about the over analysis part i'm not saying turn off the intellectual side i'm just the side the part where you're analyzing everything yeah. trying to work out where it's going i, I guess i'm just saying that like as that. as a person who watches you know upwards of well certainly more than I think I looked it up the other day because I was curious. And I think I've watched more than 350 films every year for the past like seven years. And um, there's just a certain point at which like, again, I'm not saying it's a bad movie. In fact, if anything, when it comes down to the stars rating for this film, it's, it's kind of, it's a frustrating place to be because there's so much in it that I really liked. And I've been thinking a lot about whether to give this movie three stars or four. You know, ultimately, like, this is one of the few times I would say where I do wish we gave half stars because it would be a perfect three and a half, right? Um, So I've been very much trying to decide, is this a high three or a low four? And that's actually been a very tough call. But there's just, and again, I fully admit that, like, part of my problem was probably one of expectation. I was expecting, lots of people told me this is the best movie horror movie they've seen in years. And for me, it is just not that. Like it is, I've seen everything in it, almost everything in it before, except for there's one, there's one incredible montage in the first, at the end of the first act where they're at the party, they're at a party and they're passing the hand around and like, it's set to an EPF song and it's, Mm -hmm. it's a perfectly edited montage and it's, you can tell they must have like filmed the whole thing and then cut pieces out of it, not just film those bits and pieces. It's so organically put together they clearly did it with a specific song in mind um, for reasons I don't want to spoil. And everyone in it is having such an authentically... Everyone in it is so authentically good um, in those moments and throughout a lot of the film. Uh, Sophie Wilde in particular, Miranda Otto in particular, who is probably still best known from The Lord of the Rings, but she plays the like no-nonsense mom in this movie and she's fucking wonderful. Mm. And like there's some great performances and, and all of that but also like i just needed at least one bigger surprise 
like don't be wrong the like the ending you're talking about the very end of the film is uh very on brand it's very on theme it's very well performed it's also not a surprise you know what i mean like i needed one thing to go away that i wasn't expecting it to and that just does mm-hmm. not happen and that's not mm-hmm. that's not that's not me analyzing the film that's just me being like i know what's going to happen and i wish i didn't yeah, that's, that's just I and think, that, again, it's, t- it's tough I, and i don't because i do really like this movie and i do think that like most people are gonna love it it's a it's a really well executed film uh and if you like australian horror has this very specific sort of vibe to it so if you've seen like this or like the babadook um as another good example of not the like content exactly but like the vibe of the horror um this this shares that and i do really appreciate that because it's not something we necessarily it's slightly different than the vibe of like north american horror is all i'm trying to say and i appreciate that Um, yeah you're not wrong i had loads of uh, it follows vibes as well which is one of my favorite horrors so that really helped but uh, the it goes back again to what we look for in films isn't it that the the subjective nature of it and that i loved how this film was made like the technical aspects of it the choices of um who to blur in the background or how to edit things together the camera angles i also really liked actually that uh when, when you've got a um, MacGuffin in these kind of movies there always seems to be a moment where everyone kind of works out what it does and the for a big part of the first act is usually i can't believe it does this and then they do it oh it does this this movie very very quickly got to the point where if you touch the sound and say these words you see a dead person and then you can let them in it established it as fact like it that, that it, it it just does this not like it might do this but it shows us very, very clearly that it does do this. And the group kind of treat it like it's a Monday Ouija board. Like it's just I mean, a, fun exactly, party, a fun party. That's exactly party how, game, they, right? how they treat it. And and the, um, the the kind of twist at the end, which kind of reveals that it they didn't quite see everything that it was. Uh, I really, really liked how it just got down to, oh, no, it's real. It does this. And we just think it's fun. I really like that. Yeah, and it feels really authentic in a way too. Where like, mm-hmm. in the same way, like it's an, it's a very obvious metaphor for drugs. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, to the point yeah. where they are literally getting high from the yes. experience. Like they're yeah, that's great. Not, just like, not just like implied, but they're like, "Wow, I feel amazing having done this. I need to do it again." It is like a through line of the first and second act, and um, and I really, really, really like that idea. I really like the way it's performed. Um. And I, I like the writing around it is also very good. Um, and then, like I say, they're just, but also no surprises. <laughs> so it's definitely, that's fine. definitely a thing. Um, and again, like in the same way where you really wanted the technical aspects of no hard feelings to be better. I just wanted a surprise, one big surprise, one medium surprise in this film would have elevated it. It would have been a solid four for sure. Um, mm-hmm. but as it is, it's 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 a very conflicted three for me. Uh, are you are you going for a three? Is that yeah. your settled score here? Yeah, I I'm going for a four. In fact, I'm I'm probably going to buy it when it comes out on 4K. I think it's one of the, it. It feels like a very me horror movie. Like you know, I, my my relationship with horror movies has changed quite a lot in the last couple of years, and uh, the, the there's some things I I can't watch because I I. Uh, film is escapism for me. So if there's any kind, anything that 
is horrific. I'm surrounded by horror in the real world increasingly. And I, there's some horror I just don't <laughs> want to watch, but this is, this is uh, just a really, really well-made creepy horror movie with a great cast and a great script and a great idea. And I actually think it's a great companion piece to Evil Dead Rise. I think they would go together really, really well as a double bill. And I love that film too. In fact, the first act of this movie would have made a great um, Evil Dead <laughs> like beginning, but um, uh, it's it's just really solid, and I really like the ending a lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a very satisfying ending, and it made me think a lot about the movie. It was just yeah, the uh, ending is very really tailored for me. The ending is very thematically on point, uh, which mm-hmm. I do I do appreciate. And Sophie Wilde, who I am ninety percent sure I have never seen before. No, she's great um, in this. She's like a you know the an Australian. She's like the hot up and comer. She's been on like some stuff in uh, like some TV series in Australia, and I think she was on something for ITV as well in Britain. Um, I think ITV? she was in Tom. I think she was in. Um, she was in like an adaptation, like Tom Jones or something. I don't have it in front of me. Oh, so you're right. She was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I looked it up yesterday and then didn't bring up my notes today, so that's <laughs> a problem. Um, uh, but yeah, she's she's phenomenal in it. She the the movie asks the movie asks a lot of her, and she delivers in space. Yeah. Um, and and again, she really elevates. <laughs> the siren agrees. Yeah. She Welcome really, to really elevate. She really, really elevates it, and her. You're right. The her character is written to go through some pretty significant mental states, and she evolves into them one after the other instead of just clunking away through them. She's fantastic in this. Really, I mean, not really just mental, but like it also asks her to make some pretty big emotional swings, and she she lands all of them. Uh, and I I do I can't wait to see her in more stuff basically. Yeah. And I'm just so, going to, I'm just going to come back to the second, maybe because I've had a crush on her since 2002, but like Miranda Otto is <laughs> so good in this movie. There's a, there's a great scene where she's the mom and she like knows she's going out and she knows her kids are going to have a party and none of them will admit to it. And she finally gets to like the third kid and she's like, Hey, what time's the party? Yeah, I know there's a party. What time's the party? Like it's such a perfect mom, mom in a movie moment. And I can definitely remember like my mom saying that kind of stuff to me. Like it's so pitch perfect. And I, I definitely, say definitely to her boyfriend, stay this. away from her, stay away from her vagina. Like that's the story. Yeah. Like, that's being stored. Yeah. So good. So good. I wonder, I wonder though, cause it's filmed in Australia with Australian actors and she's Australian royalty. And do, imagine being like on set with her. How long would you personally last in a cast with Miranda Otto, before you say, can 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 you say it? Can, just, can you say it? <laughs> just, just, say it just say it quickly. <laughs> Not very long. I don't even know. Honestly, there's so many things you could be implying that she that lines she could say, and uh, they were not very long for yeah. anyone. For me, like I'm sure I would be one line. Let's face it. I, you know, but of the two of us, I'm definitely the one who gets the least starstruck about stuff but there's definitely this at a certain point it wouldn't be right away but at a certain point we'd be working together and eventually we like maybe you know the rap party would be like okay like look like can we just like run through some lord of the rings lines can we just like do a scene can we just like read the entire nine hour movie like i it's uh 
you know. You just just walk up to and and think of a like a dude's a dude's name that you work with and say, "Oh, hi, Gerald," and see her and say, "Oh, I'm sorry, I mistook you for a man," and then just stare <laughs> at her until until she corrects you. I wonder how long how much she gets that kind of stuff. Uh, all the time, all the time, I'm sure. Yeah, but it's kind of like uh, Kevin Conroy at, at Comic Con standing on tables and yelling yes. out that he's Batman. Yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> just to like get it out oh. of the way. Oh, you know? Kevin Conroy. Yeah. Anyway, uh, this is a good movie. It's a solid three out of five for me. Um, but it's only oh, are you to, going to three. And to be to be fair, it's really, it's. Oh. For most people, it should be a four. Like it's really, it's really well executed. It just didn't. I didn't quite love it like maybe Five. i expected to yeah the yeah. vibes are great the it. filmmaking is great i wish that i, I liked it more it. um your wife is a horror movie aficionado what did she think she's actually on the same page as me um she had very high expectations and she felt the film did not meet them see expectations are a problem aren't they yes I think this is i wonder never I a truer now. statement has been spoken I, sir i since dumping social media almost completely i only use instagram now and that's not really the same kind of animal i am not watching with anything really the expectations past the trader anymore so i wonder if that then helps me enjoy things more yeah even you... twitter has definitely made me happier Sure. You know, maybe, but on the other hand, my wife does not do social media. So oh, her, expectation, her... her expectations are entirely from like a you know, like secondhand buzz through people. And also like she watches the trailers and she's a big horror fanatic. And when she sees something like this, that like yeah. looks like it could be incredible. And then it's not, um, yeah, yeah. That's, you know, it's, and that's again, it's entirely from the, uh, trailers and such it's yeah that's fair she's not having anyone else build it up for her is what i'm trying to say interesting interesting oh well i'm i'm a four stars loved it and apparently the filmmakers are making a prequel um for the opening scene and also a sequel uh so i hope they don't fucking ruin it but uh i love this film apparently the filmmakers are um the filippo brothers are um I just totally lost my train of thought. But they have a YouTube channel where they do horror comedy stuff. And apparently they're oh. quite well respected for that. And this is their first film. Um, oh, cool. But it does it does sort of not surprise me that, like, it's one of those things where, like, you know, on YouTube or on TikTok, when you, you, you sort of get stuck in a rut, right? Or it's not in a rut, but you sort of get mm. stuck in a niche. Like, something you do goes viral and then you chase that thing. And I feel like I'd kind of rather see them flex around a and do something a little bit different, personally. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. But, you know, I fully recognize that as a person who liked but didn't love this movie, I'm actually in the minority. Um, because mm -hmm. I think you loved it. I think most yeah. people will, honestly. Um, mm -hmm. I think most. I think it's. I think it's legitimately great. I think for a lot of people, it, it could be like a very formative movie. And mm -hmm. uh, I recognize that I'm. It just wasn't. For me, that's fine. Yeah. Well, good. So yes, go watch this movie if you can take it. Go and watch it while it's in the cinema. Oh, it's I'm not that bad. Good. It's not that bad. Ah, uh, you see, there I'm going to disagree with you. I thought that that last, that last sort of forty minutes was just as it should be. That build up, that crescendo in horror movies. I thought, uh, as opposed to Evil Dead Rise, which kind of 
petered out in the last act a little bit. Uh, this really just all those screws got tightened deliciously, as exactly as it should, I thought. Mm. Um, but uh, yeah, if you could go and sit in a big dark room with a bunch of people, I think you'll have a great time. Yeah. Well, yeah. That's what else is there to say other than that? Um, yeah. So let's uh, wrap it up there. This has been a reasonably length show. Uh, so you're welcome, listeners. Uh, we love you. Once, once again, um, if you've liked the show, uh, we do have a Patreon, uh, which you can find in the show notes or patreon.com slash MC Simpson and, uh, two bucks a month, man. Or if you're American, that's what? like a buck 50, uh, to listen to us ramble like this, uh, with a little less direction, uh, which I think is fun. <laughs> um, and again, if you like what you heard, like smash that like button, man, uh, give us a five star review, hit the subscribe button. Uh, we will be eternally grateful. Um, mm-hmm. We actually know for the next couple of weeks everything we're going to be covering, which is interesting. It's been, uh, as the person who makes the choices, it's been actually kind of hard to make some of the choices of stuff we're going to be covering. But we'll be back next week with uh, the new Mike Flanagan TV show and a new Disney movie. And uh, we are looking forward to both of those things. Um, and uh, Simon, are you going to have time to watch an entire eight, ep- eight episode show? I mean,. It's okay. Here, I'll give you Try. some advice. You can you can sleep when you're dead. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> if I just ignore my family for a week, it should be fine. Yeah, I actually, interestingly, because we got it so early, I thought you might have watched some of it already. But uh... um, so I, I I planned to, but my um, my Friday and Saturday suddenly turned into chaos. So I didn't even manage to finish No Hard Feelings until just before the podcast today. Yeah, fair enough. Well, I will say that um, I the the eight episode television show that we are going to be talking about next week, I mainlined in two days. So, and I, and <laughs> I don't you. have, I don't have children, so I might attempt to watch it again before we talk. Uh, although based on that show, we started, we rewatched, we were about halfway through rewatching the haunting of Hill house. So who knows? Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, wow. in case it's not aware, spoiler alert, I am a huge Mike Flanagan fan. So do wow. with that information what you will. Anyway, uh, we're going to wrap up the show. The last thing we, of course, need to say is that we uh, record this here in Vancouver. We're on the unceded and ancestral lands of the Musqueam, Tsleil-Waututh, and Squamish nations. Uh, And that's it. That's the show. We'll see you next week. But thank you for now for joining us on this awesome Friday. Thanks. Bye.